Hey guys, you're here with Dr. Molly and Todd Rowland, and we're bringing you the podcast, the business side of the pet industry. First off, we want to say thank you to everyone who has liked and subscribed and is listening to us and that reaches out with your comments and that has emailed us that we have, have had a chance to meet this season. We could not be here without you guys, and we are just really enjoying um, everything we're learning and building on in getting to interact with you. So make sure to like and subscribe to the podcast and always catch the latest episodes that we have. Our contact information will be in the show notes as normal, but if you do want to send us an email, it's info at the podcast.pet. Yes. So today's episode, actually, we got from a listener, um, someone we had the pleasure of meeting when we were at the U.S. Pet Pro Classic. So thank you, Natasha Harris, for writing in and telling us that you wanted to hear more about networking. So networking is something that we feel is very critical on so many different level levels to a successful business. You have the networking with your other local groomers. You have your networking with other industry professionals that aren't groomers, but that you need in your support group. There's networking in um, the industry on a large scale level, non-local mentors, things like that. So we're just going to take this episode and touch on a little bit of all those and why they're important and why you need them and why you need to be a part of those. So first, we're going to go into networking with other businesses in your local area and why that is important. There are more than enough dogs to go around and there's a groomer for every dog. So we've noticed now there's a shortage in groomers. There's an influx of dogs. There's an influx of customers who are impatient while waiting for a groomer. So we don't need to work against each other. We need to work with each other. So some of the benefits in just having and creating that local group, and you can do these in person, you can do meetups. Um, we had, when we were in Colorado this summer, there was a place called Dog Pub. And so like every day of the week, they had a different meetup group. And so if one of those were dog groomers and you know you had all the local dog groomers coming in the first Tuesday of the month, that's like a great place where you can low key, low stress, meet up, and just kind of create kind of that local bond of what's going on. And we know we all do it. Talk about your bad customers, talk about your great customers, share pricing ideas, share strategies, you know, what you're going to do for the slow times, maybe some holiday promos you're running, just things like that. And that's important because when something happens, like we've just seen such good positive things. I know when I got started, um, there's for a little context, there's probably, I don't know, 50 or more um, mobile groomers in my local area. So I'd say within one to two hours of me, there's probably at least 50 of us. Um, when I got started, I was number three. So it was a very small market. It was nowhere near um, the large scale success that mobile grooming is in our area now. And I did not feel confident and comfortable or did I even know about the importance of networking when I got started. And so I was probably a month or so in, if that, and another one of the two local groomers reached out and called me and said, hey, I'm full. I'm not taking customers. People call me every day. Like, please tell me I can send them to you. So of course I said, you know, yes, please. And so we just had a little conversation about my background, her background, what kind of animals I took, you know, what kind of my pricing, my concepts, my strategy, all that was. And she felt it was a great fit and she felt comfortable referring people to me. So that's how I got a lot of my start when I first got started. So then fast forward a few years. And once we had a few mobiles and we weren't taking new customers, you know, as more and more of these new groomers came in, we gladly did the same thing, you know, reached out, hey, who's taking customers in this area? We have people to send you. Yeah, we have uh, 
our scheduler has copy and paste on their phone where they're copy and pasting the people who are taking new clients. We tell the people that once we're referring people to them, this is what we're charging. I would suggest charging more because obviously if we're fully booked, people are going to pay a premium to get in somewhere. Uh, we see it over and over again, especially had a lot of conversations with people at US Pet Pro Classic since that is such a mobile uh, conference focus of continually like, people being, you know, the first, second, third, like Molly said, mobile groomer in town over the years. And each time someone comes in new, they're lowering their pricing and to, to get filled up with customers. And this is not a pricing episode. It's just the lack of networking. People just, they think, oh, I, I need to get my books full quick, or I'm worried that I'm not going to have enough customers. This is the research you should be doing before you even purchase your first van or trailer. Uh, talking with the other mobile groomers in the area. And if you do not feel comfortable talking with the local groomers in your area, reach out to a metropolitan area that's equivalent to yours. So, you know, if you're in Atlanta, reach out to Nashville, reach out to someone in Austin, uh, somewhere like that, where you know you're not going to be what the word competition, even though we don't feel like there is any of that, because there's obviously, like Molly said, there's way more dogs than groomers. But you can really get a good feel for how people are, are operating without imposing on their area. Yeah, you can do a successful market analysis based on things like similar um, income, similar housing markets, similar population. Like, so find, like Todd said, like find some other areas that are similar to your demographics and your logistics, and then call those groomers, reach out to them. I've There's very few groomers that I've ever actually met that have been just toxic or that didn't want to work or that did want to undercut now, I'm not going to say those don't happen, but um, just take the initiative. And some of them, it may just be, you know, even if they've been around longer than you, they just might not be as tech savvy or as social media, you know, on it. So like reach out to them and say, hey, what do you think about getting this started? Like, I think we could all help each other grow. We could all share ideas. We could all build off of each other. And at the end of the day, one of the the worst things you can do is to lower the pricing floor of your services for your area. Because like Todd said, if one person comes in lower and then the next person thinks, oh, I'll come in lower to get dogs and I'll come in lower. Like all you're doing is hurting your market and your potential for years to come. So, and again, like I was saying, this is not a pricing episode, but here's something we're doing. We're, we're, we have a person that will be going, uh, we'll have be getting our seventh van sometime in the first of the year. And we're already starting to advertise heavily to get in the clients for that. And one out of about every 10 people after we give them our pricing may even be interested in booking. That's okay. We're not looking, we're not Walmart. We're not our family dollar store. Like we're, we don't need everybody to come to us. We're, you know, we're, we want to select our customers. We want to charge a premium. We're offering a luxury, all-inclusive service. So we're not basing our prices off the salon this person left from or anything like that. And that's what we're seeing over and over again. I think Molly was guilty of that, too. When she first started, she just upped her price a little bit. I talked to a, a, a lady what two weekends ago. She's getting ready to open up at the first year. She is doing a good job networking. She's asking the great questions yes, and is. stuff. Asking all these questions, great questions. Uh, I think she's a listener too, so she'll know who I'm talking about. Um, but she was so worried if she charges X that she won't be able to build her business quick enough to be able to afford what she needs to make. 
well, let's, you know, she's open up at the first of the year. Let's go ahead and start advertising that you're starting to take customers at the first of the year. In her area, there's only one other mobile right now. And that person, I told her, call them. She was like, I'm worried about calling. They won't care if they're the only person in the area. They're probably overworked anyways. Find out what they're charging. You, I told her how you figured out, you know, how much she needs to make to cover her bills. But then let's then go from pricing from there. So she's asking all the right questions, but that's what someone needs to do. It's this time it was middle of October. She's getting ready to open in January and she's reaching out to the community. Yeah, exactly. So that's exactly what you should be doing. And like, not like Todd said, we market ourselves as a luxury, all-inclusive convenience brand. And that is not what everyone may market themselves as. And that's fine. And that's another great thing about networking in your area. You know, there's a lot of groomers nowadays we've seen, they're not taking big dogs. They're not taking senior dogs. They're not taking aggressive dogs. And they're not taking doodles. Yeah, no doodles. Like, doesn't matter the size. So, I mean, again, that's great. Everyone has the freedom and the flexibility to choose what they want to specialize in. And that is a skill. And that's just something that you can build off and use to your advantage. Because I'll let's just say, you know, we went three years, I think, and didn't take a dog over 35 pounds because because of doodles and other large breeds, our groomers got too many on their books and we had to just limit it. And so, but we had a whole list of other groomers in every area that took large dogs we could refer out to. Yeah. And it's, you know, this is just important too, especially for mobile, same as if you're salon. I know we're talking more about mobile as we're talking about networking, but that's just where we sing a lot of the need uh, when the last expo we're at. But it's also important to network because you may not be in a position when you first get started to have a backup A, B, C, and D of everything. We understand that. There are people who will let you borrow a dryer while you're waiting two days for whoever you ordered it from to get through, especially during COVID. We've seen a lot of this. Hey, this yeah. is out. Does anybody have this? I mean, we have two backup generators sitting in our garage. We have, I don't know how many extra K9 dryers sitting in the garage. We but so we're in a position to do that now because we have continued to grow, but someone's just starting out may not have that. And they're two weeks in and their dryer goes out. Someone messages us. We'll let them use a dryer for two or three days. till they get one in. It's Yeah. We've seen people borrow gallons of shampoo because there's busted dryers, clippers. I dropped my number 40 blade and I can't get another one for two days on Amazon. Like, I mean, it's amazing. The groomers that, and this is not just mobile. This is like our local, like we have a Nashville group, which is basically all of middle Tennessee. We have a middle Tennessee group. We have a middle Tennessee mobile group. And the the people in these groups are phenomenal for helping each other out. We had one girl that fell and broke her ankle and couldn't work for, I think, close to two months, at least. She was her sole provider for her family. So what did the, the group did? They rallied. And I mean, I think they raised several thousand dollars for her to help with her expenses and medical bills and stuff. Um, I know, and this goes for far out networking. Um, our team member, Ethan, I think it's been almost two years now, but he was got networked in with a group of groomers. And one of them was going through a major life thing. And they did a huge um, like weekend long groom groomathon in South Carolina, I believe it was. And he got to go be a part of that. And they raised thousands and thousands for this um, lady who had to take all this time off work with these medical bills. So, I mean, there's more than just, hey, what would you do for this? Or do you want this customer? I mean, when you start building these relationships and building these networks of people, I mean, it's amazing the potential that you can open up. Yeah. One of our team members hosts an annual bow making party for uh 
local groomers in that area. So, I mean, there's all kinds of things you can do. One thing too you should do is network with, especially if you're just getting started uh, or maybe not starting grooming, but starting with your own business is network with your local realtors, especially if you're in a hot market, you know, can them have, you know, usually when you buy a home, from a realtor, you get a care pack or new home welcome package. Make sure that you have a gift certificate in there or a business card or something like that. Even if it's $5 off, like it doesn't have to be a lot. Yeah. Make sure you're involved with your local uh, animal shelter. Yeah. Like we do a lot with our local animal shelter. Um, they just started sponsoring food pantries. So we were lucky enough to be a sponsor for that. And then we do any kind of fundraising they have. We do coupons and new dog adoption packets, which a lot of our dogs get adopted out um, non-locally, but for the ones that do, you know, those are customers that they come to us one time because they got a coupon in their packet and we've been grooming some of their dogs two, three, I don't think some, you know, all the way up to the four years we've been open up here. So, I mean, it's just networks, mechanics, like that's not even someone you want to push your business, but that's someone that you want when you're going to need, you're going to need a good mechanic. You're going to need a good air conditioning person. You're going to, need someone to fix your pipes when they burst in the middle of winter because your heat went out overnight. I mean, so just networking with everyone and anyone in your local community and distant communities that can help you grow. Yeah. For an example, I mean, we, we, we have a groomer that grooms a individual stock that owns a record company. And this morning, one of our vans wouldn't start immediately called the owner did not bother calling the the business line because I wanted someone to come out ASAP. And of course, I mean, immediately she said, Oh, it'd probably be an hour and a half. The next thing you know, she called right back. No, we'll have someone out there in 40 minutes or something. So not only like Molly said, it's not just important to network in that the groomer community, but network outside, especially if you're going to be in a position where you are mobile and are going to need some extra help. But again, our, we moved into a new building earlier this year for our salon and boarding and, uh, air went out three different times for different reasons and it was a new air unit but local, luckily we have uh, yeah nelson's mom and dad own an air <laughs> unit and they come out and they're more than accommodating and they're professional and they have helped us with every single thing that we've needed and it's just i mean gratitude is all that we have for everyone that we have built these relationships and networked with because at some point along the way in the last nine and a half years we have counted on and relied on a countless number of people to help get us to where we are today. Yeah. And just doing a, uh, at these fundraiser things, even if you can't attend or things like that, offering a free groom, the people who usually host in these things have a great social media team and they will share your stuff along with other people who are donating to the organization over and over again. And a lot of times it's basically, you know, you may be given a free hundred dollar groom away, but for, 30 days, your information gets shared over and over and over again. You didn't have to do it. And a lot of these fundraisers and organizations will have several thousand people that are local in your community. And so it's, you know, get with those people. Yeah. I mean, you can't be, well, we call it free advertisement, but we know it's not free because you're donating, but you're getting a much more value. And then if you just get that one customer that gets your free gift certificate to come in a second, third, fourth, I mean, we have some of customers that have come in off of a free gift certificate that we've been grooming for the nine and a half years we've been open. I mean, I would say that $100 more than paid for itself. So, I mean, there's more to look at in networking than just, hey, 
who can take this dog and hey, what are you charging? Now, don't get me wrong. Those are completely important areas to talk about. But also think it's important to network with people in the same industry again that may not be local or they can be local because sometimes you feel alone um, when you're in it. And you may be alone. You may be a, a single owner operator, whether it be a salon or a grooming van. And you need someone to talk to about the problems you're experiencing or, hey, does your accountant do this for you and and things like that. So just to bounce ideas off of each other, um, it's a great thing to do. Yeah. And actually talk to someone who is going through it like or that, you know, like Todd said, you may not feel like you have the support or you might not have anyone that understands. Like I know (laughs) talking to everyone that I knew when I started my business a year later, they all said, oh, we thought you'd fail. Like. And it wasn't anything personal against me. It's just, they didn't understand. They didn't understand the need. They didn't understand the concept. Like I said, it wasn't a big thing in our area. So like to have a group that you can reach out to that can give you that encouragement, the support, the tips and tricks to keep you going. Like, I think that's a critical piece of just not getting burnout, not getting discouraged and kind of keeping that faith that like you're on the right path and you're, you should be doing this. Um, I don't know. I just think that it's just you you can't undervalue the amount of benefits you can get from networking for people. Yeah. And just like I said before, when you don't just and this goes before you can get started. Um, I mean, me and Molly, we are at the point where we do save up usually for our bands and things like that, where but we're able to do that now. But if you're thinking about getting into it and you've never even been into your bank because you do direct deposit, you mobile deposit checks, everything. When you walk into that bank and ask for X amount of money and they tell you no, that's they don't know who you are. Go to the same teller every time, you know, get a new debit card printed at the bank. Start building that relationship so that you can walk in and do that. Or like, I mean, we've met some people who specialize in finance and the youth fans. We've had them on the podcast before, but just the same thing with the insurance. People have so much trouble getting the correct insurance. You know, don't just stick with your one agent, network around town, find out, talk to the different agents. Um, Agents are kind of like realtors. People move into town, they get a new insurance agent and, you know, they're like, oh, I have a dog who's the good groomer in town and you're the insurance agent. Even if you're not signed up with them or referred you, you know, if that's who they have to refer. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of times they just might not know someone. So if you present yourself as someone that they now know, I mean, there's some free referrals. One of the a really good thing to do is I, I know some groomers uh, have this love-hate relationship with vets, but go into your local vet. And if they don't offer grooming, of course, don't go into a vet that offers grooming. But you could do this, too, because we have some vets that refer people to us that have grooming salons inside their veterinary clinic but the dog's not a good fit to be there it needs to have the mobile service but you go into a vet's office that does not offer grooming buy the staff some donuts and give them business cards they will be your best friend on referring you clients yeah and thank them like every so many months you know if like let's say you've realized you've gotten quite a few customers from them go in again bring them donuts bring them coffee say thank you yeah and again this is part of doing your research don't go to the if if you want to be a high-end luxury service don't go in into the cheapest vet in town and try to you know you need to go into the more expensive vet in town if if that's what you're looking to attract your clients from and one other thing I just want to think is worth noting um everyone you know we've all seen groomers complain oh what's your 
worst story. Oh my gosh, this customer, how would I respond to this? Like, those are some great places, but like your local group, that is one like our, and this is something our group's pretty good about. If some, if we have a customer that's irate or that like, no way we would refer out and we actually want to warn other groomers about you can that's a great place to use these local connections yeah we'll blacklist somebody in a heartbeat yeah and it's not just us it's other customers they'll be like hey karen with fluffy and baxter don't book them like and you know you don't even have to put details we know if you're putting them out there like that that whatever it is they've done warrants them not to be on our books yeah and if there's not this local page in your community create it yeah. And again, you don't even have to, if, you, if you're not in the social media, you don't use it, you know, I, you still look up your groomers, get their names, get their numbers, reach out, send a text, say, hey, we're putting together like a local groomers text thread. I mean, we talk a lot about social media because that's pretty, um, most of our groomers in our area use it pretty regularly. And it's a great way for us to share and communicate, but that may not be the case everywhere. And so just find something, like I said, whether it's like, uh, a pub dog meet or it's a social media or it's a text thread or it's a potluck at someone's house. And just keep in mind, if you are the owner of the business and you're looking to hire employees, you know, think about what you are posting in these groups. We found our, li our last two employees found us in some of these groups where there's other people that were hiring too. But, you know, you need to look professional. You need to present yourself. Like I always say, you need to market if you're trying to hire employees, market just as hard to what you're wanting to hire or what you're offering as you do to your customers. Yeah. Because they're going to see that if you, you know, a potential or that's a problem kind of get off topic a little bit that we come up on is people are like, Oh, I can't find team members. I can't find team members. And it's like, but then you go to their Facebook and they're bashing old team members, bashing other groomers, bashing all their customers. And you just reads toxicity that's something you don't want to be putting into your local network because yeah. they're going to read that and feed off that. And, you know, in turn, you're going to get what you put in. Yeah. But I think overall, like, it's just important just with our, um, and we've said this before, like our, our mechanic, uh, we sent them lunch about three weeks ago for their whole entire team. Uh, and we had two vans in their shop. Actually, we had one waiting on a new motor and another one that just had some kind of fluke. Um, but they weren't going to be able to get to the one that had the fluke for another day. And we're like, you realize you have one sitting there and they're like, oh yeah, but we're just so busy. I got off the phone with them. I said, Molly, we need to send them lunch. She said, yeah. So we sent them lunch. It just so happens that afternoon, the van is ready. Uh, did not have to wait the next day to even be looked at. It was ready that day. So, I mean, you know, a couple hundred dollars, but look what you're losing having a van sitting still. At least, especially for multiple days. Yeah. And I mean, I see this stuff where people don't even know where to get their tool sharpened at. I mean, again, that's another great reason to network, if nothing else, to find out where to get your tools worked on now that you're not in a corporate environment that has someone come by or something. Because there are people who will take your tools and they'll post it going back to you the next day. And three weeks later, you're trying to find out where they're at. You need your stuff. And so that's just another good reason. Yeah. I don't know. Again, and another thing is like, this goes more towards business owners, but like we always say like, it's, it's lonely at the top in the middle and the bottom. Like, and I feel that way. Like if you're not a business owner, I mean, there's just some stuff that you won't get. It can be lonely. It can be frustrating. It can be super, super isolating with the stress and the tension, especially as you grow your business or you get to the taxes and the supplies and all the things that you didn't know that you had to know. 
Um, so when you have kind of someone that you can reach out to and someone you can talk with, even if it's just as a listening board to say, oh my gosh, I've been there too. I know how hard it is. I'm sorry you're going through that. Or if you can provide that to someone else. So when you need it, they're there for you. That's another thing. Like you just, the, the big thing about network is just support. I mean, you just, that is an invaluable resource that you can use and we just can't say it enough. Yeah. Somebody, we were having trouble getting one of our shampoos, of course, since COVID. And somebody stopped one of our groomers in a Kroger parking lot. And she was running there to get something for lunch, probably. And handed them their business card. There happened to be a local distributor for the shampoo that we didn't even know they were a local distributor here. And I'm actually going by there tomorrow and picking up a huge load of products, which we'll probably have them on the show soon. But, yeah. um, but again, no shipping, no waiting on shipping, even if it's free shipping. I literally... Free local delivery. Yes. Uh, they were deliver. They were willing to deliver it Sunday because they knew we needed it. And I was like, well, we definitely need it, but we can, I can pick it up on Tuesday. Yeah. So again, it's just built and they, they networked to us, you know, they reached out to us. So it's just, again, I mean, you just never know what opportunities you're going to find by being open and communicative with people. Yeah. And I also suggest that if you're an employee and you have no interest of owning your business, it's still good to do network. And I'll caution you to what you're putting on social media because guarantee your employer will do a quick search in some of these groups. And if you're bashing your old employer for X, Y, and Z, and maybe they need it to be bashed. Or the there's people some, you work with. Yeah. And there are some people, there are some people downright taking tips from employees, crap like that. They need to be bashed. But the your way I look at it is you're always on an interview, whether you're a business owner or not. If you're you, how you conduct yourself is how people perceive you. So just keep that in mind when you're networking. Yeah, we had a girl come in today um, and wanted a job. First thing I did, as soon as I got her name and number, I looked her up on Facebook. What is she posting? What is she into? You know, and like Todd said, every employer nowadays looks at those. And it's not just Facebook. It's all your social media. So, again, like present yourself in a way that you want to come across to people. Yeah, especially if you're out there networking and trying to promote and grow your business. Again. Some of this, you already may be two years into business and you're fully booked and you, you think, hey, I don't need to do this. But keep in mind about the things like insurance, mechanics. If you're a salon, you may not need a mechanic, but you you may need that good AC repairman. I mean, what if your heat goes out three days before Thanksgiving? I mean, you're, you're going to have pissed off customers across the board. Yeah. You're losing tons of revenue. And it's just it's, get somebody that you can get out there within 30 minutes, you know? Yeah. Um, I think you just got to do this stuff and it makes a lot of people feel uncomfortable. Uh, but I was really happy that the, um, I say young lady, but she was a young lady that reached out a couple weeks ago and she's starting her business first of the year. I mean, she is going to be steps and leaps ahead of other people. Like, she's, yeah. Yeah. Like me. Yeah. <laughs> and like Molly. And we also met, um, a young lady whose parents both came to the expo with her and they were doing all the classes, educational stuff, uh, seminars. Yeah. And I was telling Molly, I said, how awesome would it have been to have that kind of start and whatever you're going to do, whether, I mean, you're going to be whatever you're going to be, but have the support of your In life. <laughs> yeah. Cause not everybody has that. Yeah. Not only did they support her, but they took the time and effort to fully understand what she was going through, what she was getting into, how they could help her. I mean, as far as like taking her and spending thousands of dollars at a conference, doing coaching, I mean, 
getting her set up for success. And I mean, it's just that in itself is just a benefit you don't see a lot of times. Yeah. And here's here's another good example. And then we'll wrap it up, I guess, um, about networking in your community. And again, I'm going back to mobile because it does. And then, like I said, the salon is just as important, but we've had more. I mean, we have so much more time invested in our mobiles, but I see this question all the time on Facebook. If someone's buying from Wagon Tails or something like that, they'll be like, what's the better van? Is it the Ford? Is it the Dodge? Is it whatever? Is it the Mercedes? Well, they're asking this in a group that's nationwide, which, okay, that's great. But think about locally. So we have two of the Dodge vans, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, we have, yeah. And guess what? Our local Dodge dealership, whether it was under warranty or not, will not touch those because they are considered commercial vehicles and they are not a commercial dealership. So even though they're under warranty. Well, and they sell them because we saw them there. Yeah. They still won't work on them. Because once they've been converted, they're considered commercial and they will not, they're, they're not a commercial dealership. So they won't service the warranty work. Now our local mechanic will take care of anything, but Dodge will not reimburse them. So those are things like that's important to network in your community because a couple of years ago, we were interested in Hanvey vans and all we heard is that the Mercedes in our local area, the Mercedes dealership will not get you in and out, blah, 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 blah. So we were talking to another business who recently, a couple of years ago, converted all their units over to Hanby. And she's like, oh, that it's changed. I have this fantastic group of people who take care of me. They know where business I pull up. Everything's fixed in the one day. They take care of my warranty items. But it's like, those those are the types of things that you need to look in your local groups when you're getting ready to get into that uh, and see who can work on them. Because personally, we, we love the Wagon Tails products. Like we have three out of our six are Wagon Tails. We'll probably buy another one again at one point. But we would not buy the Dodge model, even though we like the ones that we have. But we don't want to drive two and a half hours to our local commercial Dodge dealership. So those are, again, the things to network with people, call their local dealerships and see what's going on. Yeah. And I just kind of want to touch on um, one more thing about networking too. And this goes as far as education. Like um, just this year, we've had a local, probably about 30 minutes from us, host the 15 Coat Types by Jennifer Bishop Jenkins. I mean, had we not been a part of the group, which we were out of town, I think it was the same weekend as Hershey maybe. But um, had we not even been a part of those groups, so many of the groomers in our area would have missed out on that education. They There's groomers that we sent one of our groomers to a class in Nashville on cat grooming because she's one of our cat groomers and wanted to learn more. Um, we've sent groomers. We've been to Murfreesboro, Nashville, one day, two day, three day seminars. Yeah. And if you're a salon owner or a mobile groomer owner and you're worried about sending your employee to another salon for continuing education, you need to check yourself because that's not what it's about. You're not you're not sending your team member off to see this. Oh, this got a nice salon. Oh, they may pay X or whatever. You're sending them there to further their education. So when they come back for you, to your salon after that day or two seminar, that they have more education. They're bringing more to the table. But I mean, me and Molly, we know people who won't do that because they're scared they're going to lose their employee or something. And if you do, you do. Yeah, it wasn't meant to be, but I mean, you're going to lose a lot more by not sending and continuing their education and their training and their skill development by worrying, worried about where you're sending them. So that's just another thing, another great area. Um, that's something we're looking to move into next year is to do some of those local education opportunities. 
And we're that's something that we're even considering because we know it's a possibility because we've done it. We've been involved. We've sent our groomers. I've sent myself. Like, so again, it's just, we cannot stress the importance of networking everywhere. So, all right. Well, thank you guys again. Um, Thank you for listening to us and be sure to like, and subscribe. And until next time. All right. Thanks. Have a good one.